This is the Roaring Elephant Podcast. And in the dark of winter, nearing the end of the year, two nice voices come out of the ether towards her. Well, no, I'm wrong. Three voices. We've there got we a go. guest. We do. We do. A foundational guest, some might say. One of the most foundational out there when you're talking about Linux stuff anyway. <laughs> well, the, the Linux Foundation is much more than just Linux, Jan. Um, yes, but the Linux Foundation is nothing more than our guest, John Murtick, who's joining us again, as he has been known to do over time. It's one of, I still think he's our honorary third podcast co-host. I think so. Uh, we just invited him. We pretty much asked him, do you have anything to talk about? And he said, yes. So we took him up on that, invited him. And we'll go, we're going to have a bunch of episodes because we talk, when we start talking to John, it always takes more than what we scheduled. And we have a lot of content there. So for the next couple of podcasts, be prepared to get a lot of John Murthy goodness added to the normal Roaring Elephant goodness. I think so. Mixing it in. And with that, uh, why don't we just go to the first part? Instead. So, once again, welcome John Mertic to the Roaring Elephant podcast. Thank you. Thank you for continuing to, to let me come back. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know what I do to trick you all into this. Maybe you think <laughs> you're inviting someone else and it's me. Uh, I don't know. But no, it's all serious. Thank you. It's, this, is, this is a lot of fun. I, I really enjoy getting on the podcast and, uh, you know, just kind of chit-chatting with you and bantering back and forth. Um, it's, it's something I look forward to um, each year when we do this at the end of the year. Exactly. And, and, and it, is, it is very much the, the end of the year. This will be going live or is going live or has gone live, depending on when you're listening to this, um, just pretty much straight after Christmas. So happy Christmas and uh, happy new year for those that are just heading into that, uh, into that um, sort of season. So yeah, delighted to have you back uh, once more to, uh, to chat with us all. Awesome. Awesome. Well, let's Let's get chatting. Well, for the people that perhaps haven't heard John yet on the podcast, I mean, there must be oh, one or two still out there. There oh. can't be anyone. There can't be yeah, anyone still, John, out there. Introduce yourself a little but bit. Just in case. Tell the audience who you there's, are. There's like three people left. But for those three <laughs> people, we're, we're inclusive. Um, so my name's John Murtick. Um, I, I work at the Linux Foundation. Um, I've been in open source for you know well over two decades in just all sorts of different capacities, um, community management, business development. Um, I've been a contributor, maintainer. Um, you know, in my recent years here, I've been here at the Linux Foundation where I've helped support a number of our foundations, which is really where we met um, is through some of the work in ODPI and and, and some of the data um, you know projects in there, but. I also work in some cool verticals. I work in the energy vertical, um, the motion picture entertainment vertical, um, the mainframe vertical. Um, I'm also a recent author, which I think um, if you want to go um, really hear me talk a lot, um, you know, come check out the book Open Source Projects Beyond Code, um, available at Amazon and other fine online book um, best uh, booksellers there. Um, and you know, it really kind of digs into my background and expertise in all of the stuff around open source that makes it tick outside of like the actual technical work, which is some amazing stuff and, and is built by really yeah. amazing individuals. But 
the how you do this at scale and how you make these projects successful is is a lot and um and that's really where a lot of my expertise over the years is really honed into and i've, I've had the fortune of working with organizations um, worldwide many industry verticals um you know and and just a lot of great amazing smart people and have helped them down their open source journey absolutely and like it for for those that want to want to go a little bit deeper we did a, an episode on uh, interviewing john about the book um two episodes even two episodes, and yeah. uh, and uh, you know please please feel free to to check those out but like it, the the cliff notes for me is the is the fact that the, the the technical work that gets done in an open source project is actually such a small component as to whether or not that project will be successful or not. There are so many other contributing factors to a project's long term success, especially. So, and I think yeah, uh, yeah you you touch on it really in a really nice way. So, a fan for sure. Awesome. Well, we'll thank well thank you, Ollie. That was a great set of interviews. Definitely go back and check those out. Definitely. All right. So maybe where we'll we'll start uh, today is just a little bit of you know uh, the Linux Foundation and and sort of state of open source today, and you know what what are the things that you've seen kind of over the last I think you know, six months or so since we last chatted, and and how are things progressing in your opinion? Yeah, so I mean, many of you are probably familiar with the Linux Foundation. If you are not, um, the Linux Foundation is really this vendor neutral home for open source innovation. And, you know, we've brought together, you know, well over, you know, 900 um, open source projects across, you know, various verticals, horizontal industries. Uh, and, you know, where the value we really come in here is just providing, not only providing the space for the collaboration to happen, but providing the expertise for all of these pieces around the innovation so that the, the people that are driving that innovation, you know, the subject matter experts, um, those developers, um, those thought leaders, they can go off and do the great work that they're doing. And the resources that we have on, on around that from events, training, marketing, legal, finance, um, you know, governance, all of these pieces are things that we can just bring to the table and really help. And, you know, it's, it's, it's been an area that we have seen more and more industries as they're going through transformations. Because uh, digital transformation, it's been the rage for, you know, only like, you know, 20 some years now. And <laughs> we've, we, <laughs> the rage for 20 years, right? Um, but what's, but what's really interesting is a lot of these industries and groups as they're approaching it um they often are thinking in the ways that they know how to do things now you know meaning there's vendors that come out there with various tools and software that maybe replace you know some of the analog if you will methodologies um you know for uh you know driving you know their industries you know the energy mm -hmm. industry was you know, so much built on legacy, um, you know, hardware instrumentation and tooling and, and things of that nature. And that industry, you know, especially with some very, very um, uh, ambitious goals of the UN, you know, sustainability goals um, that are out there, um, along with a lot of the other directives out there, um, I kind of quickly came to realize that, you know, doing to get to those goals, doing it the way we've always done it is just not going to do it. We'll yeah. never made it there in time. 
So being able to work in an open source model, which has been proven time and time again to have a much rapider pace of innovation is the only way to do it. Um, and, 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 you know, I, I look back at like all of the work that, um, you know, I've, I've been a part of, and it really all sort of leads back to that of how can we just kind of bring these people together? And, you know, we're starting to see that in, in bits and pieces all over the place. Um, you know, we've seen, uh, you know, continued push, um, you know, the energy industry I work with, we've seen, you know, a huge amount of projects and works that are coming in there that are getting into, you know, deeper areas of EV charging. They're getting into, you know, grid automation, grid prediction, um, you know, transmission, uh, you know, line, you know, areas. And, you know, we're starting to get that area next where um, governmental agencies and regulators on top of vendors are starting to see some of this work coming and seeing that this is sort of, um, you know, a great path forward. Um, and it's actually kind of interesting because it really sort of aligns with a, a lot of the the work that we're trying to do here just around sustainability as a whole and and i talked to kind of about the un 20 uh 2030 um, sustainable goals mm. and you know we the linux foundation have actually worked to i wouldn't say sort of adopt but kind of say how are we aligning with the open source work that we are doing you know to that um and there's a great report we did earlier this year that aligns how, you know, work, not just in the energy projects, but all over the place, um, you know, even in the mainframe world, um, is is aligning back to those goals. So, you know, I see what, what I see is really a lot of a, a bright future, um, you know, for open source. If you look at the tech industry as a whole, it's, it's, it's kind of had a kind of a mixed year. Um, mm. You know, we, we've, We've we've seen a growth in AI, um, and we've seen the craze around that. But we've also saw um, a lot of belt tightening happening around the major areas of the tech sector, um, and we've seen you know layoffs in in various waves that have happened um, that have had huge impacts, um, you know, on on all of us. So it's it's really been in a it's been a very different year for us in tech. I mean, if we were probably in other industries and we'd go back, you know, decades, we'd say, well, you know, this has happened a couple of times before. This isn't out of the norm. But mm. for tech, we're just not used to it yet, I don't think. It's just not something that, that we've really encountered. Um, so what's interesting is even with that, you're not seeing a divesture of open source, which you're actually seeing is more companies seeing open source as a path to be more innovative and drive things forward. Um, so it's 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 been a really interesting, it's been an interesting year. Let's let's put it that way. And yeah, uh, you know, yeah. Long long may long may it continue. Let's face it. If it wasn't very interesting, it wouldn't be very exciting to talk about, would it? True, true, true. I mean, we, we, we do need drama, right? Uh, that, that's what that's what that's what sells the podcast. Absolutely, that's what that's what brings the the, the big podcast bucks in. Um, I mean, I I think that's like a that's a really nice kind of segue to um, maybe one of the topics um, that we wanted to, to cover a little bit, which is um, inspired a little bit by a story around the the Thunderbird project, the Mozilla Thunderbird project. Um, which for many of you that, that may not be familiar, um, sort of is a pretty popular open source um, mail and um, kind of 
uh, I guess, groupware client. And a couple of years ago, you know, they were in pretty kind of tough situation. Um, it's it's a popular enough project that there's a lot of, um, you know, testing and infrastructure and people like needed to, to keep it operating. But it doesn't have the same sort of cachet of something like Firefox um, that is, you know, far, far, far more popular, orders of magnitude more popular. Um, and so was was really in a rough position. And I think I'm right in saying only a couple of years ago, there were questions around whether or not the project itself was even sustainable in its yeah. current form. You know, would it have to shut down and or would it at least have to, you know, fundamentally change the way that it operated? And, you know, they recently sort of released their uh, annual report and like it's frankly an amazing kind of turnaround story. Like they're, they're sort of, um, they're very much now uh, in the black. Um, they're growing in terms of their, their funding very nicely. And, you know, it's a, it's a really kind of amazing and like, <laughs> frankly, given some of the tough times that various open source projects and their maintainers have had through this yeah, last kind of couple of years, it's like, it's a really good story. Um, like, at least to me, I, I am a, I'm a user of Thunderbird myself, um, have been since it originally split off from, uh, um, from the um, original kind of Mozilla um, groupware project. And, you know, I've been a, been a firm fan of it ever since. But like, what's, what's kind of, what's your take? Is this something that, you know, you can see being replicated wider? Is this a, a unicorn and a once-off? What do you think? You know, it's, it's, it's an interesting challenge because, and, and this is me kind of looking at it from a personal level, mm. um, you know, you, you often will see, you know, the, the, often, the often state that you will hear out there is, you know, sort of the, the, the market will invest what, you know, they feel is, is value. Like the market is sort of the ultimate arbitrator of so yeah. many things. Right. Um, and that's sort of, not to not to you know get all in a in a financial area, but that's kind of a little bit of how our capitalistic mindset sort of works. You know, yeah. if if it's valuable, people will put money into it, right? What we've seen so much with open source is the challenge of something being valuable but not necessarily being visible. Mm -hmm. You know, we saw this um, about a decade ago with um, OpenSSL, for example. Yeah, yeah. Um, hugely important but um, completely underfunded and under-resourced. And, you know, you get into to challenges like you do. So, you know, I look, at, I, look at a, I look at a project like Thunderbird here, and, you know, it's, it's one that has probably went through kind of, you know, if you think of like a product growth-like life cycle, you have at the front end, you have kind of a steep growth that begins to mm. happen. Sorry, my hand is like bending weird here. Um, and and then sort of you hit sort of the apex point, and then over time you sort of have what this sort of steady decline over time happens, mm. right? And I would look at that as sort of more of like a hype cycle, um, you know, rather than a user usage, but it's also kind of an investment cycle as well. I mean, in the early days of a project, you have to put a lot of money into it to really yeah. get it off the ground because you have such active development, you have a lot of active work, 
And as you see over time, um, and this is really, I think, even the goal, like if you're a for-profit company, you know in your early days of being a startup, you just need a lot of funding to get off the ground, but your idea is you're gonna recoup those costs, one, but two, you're going to build the right efficiencies as you go along to mm. get to that point where you're going to hit that equilibrium like you're going to hit that area where you're in a in a relatively you know stable area i i think one challenge a lot of times with open source projects is there's there's sort of because of open source coming from a scratch your own itch model mm. that model isn't always sort of thought of like because it's kind of of the well, I built this because it was useful for me. Um, yep. It's useful for you, great. Um, and you know, sometimes these things just sort of take a life onto their own. And and when you run into situations like that, the very last thing that is thought of is sustainability. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and I'm not I'm not trying to imply that the Thunderbird project you know fell into this gap. I mm. I mean I know there are some very talented individuals that are putting a lot of hard work. The Mozilla Foundation has invested a ton of money into that. Yeah. Um, but I, I think one thing that we always have to keep of mind, and this is sort of if you're an open source project maintainer, is what does that future, like what does that sort of steady state future work look like? You know, because at some point, active development is is gonna get to an equilibrium state. You're not gonna be at that early stage exponential development, exponential growth, exponential, all those things. So you're almost thinking in your mind of like, well, how can I get to an area where not that this is finished by mm. any means, but you're you're at a velocity pace that you can help effectively manage the project over time. And I mean, I would conjecture that there's a lot of projects that get into an area of we're just not funded enough, where we're we're honestly that kind of boils back down to that. I'm not saying every project's like that, but there's been a number that I've talked to that will come and say, well, geez, like we don't have enough developers. We don't have enough mm. of this. We don't have enough of that. Um, usually it's just developers or it's money, one of the two. And what it really starts to come down to is, it, it's kind of a weird to say this, but they haven't thought about their own sort of business model to a degree. Yeah. And they kind of haven't like done the thought of, okay, like well, what do we need to be successful? Like what are the roles and resources? What are the tools that we need to be successful? Um, what are the things that we want to be spending a lot of our time on versus the things that we don't really want to spend a lot of our time on? Um, and, and what can we leverage out there to get us there? So it's, it's a really hard thing because also as, as, as frankly, as a developer, you just want to build stuff. So it's kind of like sticks and it's kind of like a very boring topic in a way, but I don't know, like when, when I see a lot of this and, and, I, and I think, you know, it's grateful that there's a user community that has come together to really help get this project into a state where it can be sustainable. Yeah. Um, I, I do look at this and I, and you know, when you're kind of doing like an annual fundraising like this, there's, there's sort of always the sort of the question in your head of like, well, how do you, you know, sort of keep this up based upon the resources the back end needed. And and I presume sort of the Thunderbird project is thinking about that. Yeah. Um and, and so I think this is a great story, but I I think this opens up the larger question around um open source sustainability and funding models to recognize that 
you, you sort of have to start to build that plan early on. You can't just hope for the best, if that makes sense. It, it does. Thank you, John. So that's the first part of our session with John. As always, great discussion, great conversation, and uh, interesting ramblings. So uh, yeah, love it, all of it. And with that, uh, unless there's anything else from you. No, great to spend time with John. With John. Everybody, next episode, we'll continue the, uh, the interview. So uh, look forward to that. Indeed, with another a different topic. So with that, that is all the time that we have for today. You can support this podcast by becoming a Patreon and every contribution really does help. Uh, we are on YouTube. You can like, subscribe, see John's happy smiling face and do all the YouTube things. Uh, you can also go to roaringelephant.org for a link to our Patreon page and for more information about this podcast. And finally, any feedback, maybe leave a comment in the on the YouTubes or you can send us an email to podcast at roaringelephant.org. But until next time, my name is Foundational Dave. And I'm part of Foundation 3, Jon. And we look forward to talking to you next week. Goodbye. See you then. Okay, how many got that reference, do you think? Very few. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>